This is Changing the Rules, a podcast about designing the life you want to live. Hosted by Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Casey Dempster, and I am not in beautiful downtown Woodbury with Taylor, our engineer. I am at home, and with me is Ray Lowe. He's at his house, and we have a guest who is at her house. We'll introduce you to Sarah in a little bit. And I want to welcome you to Changing the Rules, a podcast about designing the life you want to live. And uh, Ray often calls himself the luckiest guy in the world. And he's been doing this for about four years, formally. He might have said it before, but it's really took hold about four years ago. And But that doesn't mean that there can't be other people that can be lucky just because he says he's the luckiest guy. We believe that there are a whole lot of luckiest people in the world out there and a whole lot more who could be part of the club as well if they um, – understood a little bit more about what it is. So that's kind of the purpose of our podcast is to uh, start to help people understand how they too can become the luckiest people in the world. So on our last podcast, we talked about some of the characteristics that we have observed about what makes people the luckiest people in the world. And we interviewed Chris Parsons of Parsons PR, and we identified three characteristics The first one is that we believe that the luckiest people in the world change the rules to fit themselves. You know, as children, we're often saddled with rules made by people and institutions, and they're probably necessary at that point. But as we get older and and become adults, oftentimes the rules don't really fit who we are and what we want to do anymore. And some people change it, and some people just keep following those rules, and they're not happy. The second characteristic is that um, the luckiest people in the world always find a positive solution. Sometimes the rules get changed outside of our control, like in this current uh, viral pandemic. And um, the luckiest people in the world find a positive solution from this change and uh, they move forward. And, you know, I've often found in my own life that if if, if circumstances get changed on me, Uh, and they kind of divert from where I thought I was going or wanted to go, I, I feel pretty badly about it. And at some point in, in my advancing years, I realized, you know what, your feelings are true. They belong to you. So you're entitled to feel badly about it, but don't feel badly about it for more than a day. Get a good night's sleep and the next morning, get up and figure out what you're going to do about it. And I think that's part of what makes people the luckiest people in the world. And the third, Ray, you were going to say something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're on a roll here. (laughs) Well, I was going to give you the third characteristic to say because I know you have a hard time not jumping in. So why don't you tell us what the third characteristic is? I can do that. They have a plan, and and it evolves into a plan. And I, I found it exceedingly interesting to talk to Chris. Here's a woman whose PR business was mostly a people-to-people business. She was out and about. It was all about lunches. It was all about face-to-face meetings. It was all about campaigns and uh, formal dinners and fundraising events and all of these things. And all of a sudden, the rules came in and bang. Now, in this case, 
we all kind of agree that the rules are pretty good in this case. I mean, we don't particularly want to go out there and catch this stuff. Right. And so this, this self-quarantine stuff has some merit. But, but you notice there are two different kinds of people here. There, there are those <clears throat> who um, hide you know, who just kind of dig in and you don't see them again. And and there are those who confront the rules and they either change them or they adapt to them and they find out what's going on. So Chris did a really good job of telling us how she recognized what these rules are that were going to make a difference in how she was going to run her life. And, and then she sat down and she said, okay, out there, there's a bunch of things I can do. And I can do them now. And I got an email from Chris earlier this morning, and she was saying, you know, we've been talking about the new normal and the new normal and the new normal, but maybe we ought to change this. And maybe we ought to be talking about the better normal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, the new better normal or something like that or, or the new, new, better, better normal or whatever it's going to be. But, OK, but the whole, boy. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole idea is that uh, we can learn from this and we can we can make this better. And and then she had a plan. She she had woven this into a plan of how she was going to cope with this and not only how she was going to cope with it now, but where she was going to go and the kind of changes that she was going to make going forward forward. Okay, so I want to add another factor of the luckiest people in the world. And in a couple of minutes, we're going to meet another one of the luckiest people in the world. And, and as soon as she opens her mouth to talk, you're going to know why. Okay. Okay. So what's this but, new factor? Well, characteristic? It's, ha it's happiness. I don't know if you notice, but <clears throat> excuse me. Some, some people seem to get up in the morning and they're happy. Now that's probably fake. Okay. I, I, have oh, a feeling I don't most, think so. <laughs> most people don't just get out of bed and they're instantly happy, but, but they have a process and they have a routine for getting happy. And more important than that is they know how important being happy for the day is. And if you think about it, who are the people you want to hang out with? You want to hang out with the happy people. You don't want to hang out with those people that are downers all the time. Right. Uh, and and when you're happy in the morning, you change the whole environment around you. You seem to draw other happy people to you and you feel better about the way life is going. And so I think it's really important to wake up and find some way of getting happy. Now, Sarah, in a minute, is going to give us a whole bunch of ideas, but uh, I want to bring up two that I've kind of come up with well, Ray, uh, out of my past. Yes. Can we take a quick break and then we can really no. get in, do a deep dive into no, this? No, no. We're going to wait until after I'm done. <laughs> then we'll take the break. And then Sarah will come on because I want to devote the block of time to Sarah. So there. Okay. All okay. right. So we're changing the rules again. So um, I started uh, in my second phase of career life as a life insurance agent long ago. It was back in the very early 70s. And I remember going through training. And one of the things that they did is we gathered at 730 in the morning. 
Now, how can you be happy at 7.30 in the morning gathering? I We weren't, okay? <laughs> but what they, what they used to do was to make us listen to motivational tapes. Sometimes it was listening to comedy, okay? But the, the fact is that after about an hour of this, you had to be happy. I mean, you were sitting around laughing. You were joking. You had this thing called coffee. I mean, life was pretty good. And, and, and you went from uh, mundane to happy. And, and the second thing that I, I, I talked to a woman yesterday, and I just asked her out of the point of blue, I said, uh, so you seem to be a happy person most of the time. How do you get happy in the morning? And, and she said, well, it's really pretty simple for me. I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for some pretty simple things like coffee, <laughs> Hot running water, okay. Things that we take for granted for, okay. Mm -hmm. So now you can take your break, and then we're going to come back and talk to uh, maybe one of the happiest people in the world. But she certainly is going to give us all those deep dark secrets to how being how to be happy. <laughs> You're listening to Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. We will be right back with more exciting information. Welcome back, everybody. And um, I would like to introduce you to our guest, Sarah Brown. And I could say Dr. Sarah Brown because she has a PhD in psychology. And she worked in the corporate world for many years and began to make some observations about people and um, took a flyer and went out on her own and forged a new path where she created a process to help people understand their unique personality, which, what makes them them, and what they can do to be happy, successful, and understood. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. It's great to be here. Good to see you, too. And I can hear the smile in your voice. <laughs> so. So, um, Ray promised that you were going to talk to us about being happy. So, um, maybe we should first start about um, why it's important to be happy. I know Ray touched on it, but from a professional standpoint, why is it important to be happy? Well, there are a couple reasons, but I want to qualify myself on this because uh, Ray was talking about uh, meeting me and, and understanding that I wake up happy, and that's not the case. I don't just wake up happy. And if people, if you ask people about who I was 10 years ago, they would tell you I was the biggest pessimist there ever was. <laughs> so I think part of this happiness thing is deciding to be happy and learning how to be happy. And the, 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 from my perspective, it comes from two things. One is knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And what it is about you that um, lights you up and makes life wor worth living and going after that. And the second is, is just making this decision to be happy. So you come from happiness and uh, you actually put the habits in place that will allow you to be happy. Why is that important? Well, it's important because when you are coming from that place and if you get your day started that way, you're going to begin to see opportunities that you never would have seen before. And you will be able to, you will be able, better able to achieve your dreams, go after your goals, the things that Ray was talking about before, about deciding to go get something. Uh, when you are happy and coming from that place, 
you will see the opportunities that help you to actually get there. And in addition, if there are things that you need to perform, work you need to do to get there, you're much more likely to be able to make that work productive and effective. There's actually a study done, several studies done around basketball players. And those that actually envision actually making foul shots will outperform people who actually practice doing foul shots. So getting your, your frame of mind right at, before you actually go about doing things means that it's much more likely you're going to achieve what you want to achieve and get what you want to get out of life. And you're going to see opportunities that you never would have seen before. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Ray, did you have a comment or a I, question? I, I certainly do. So this visualization is something that I've always found interesting and always found incredible. And athletes do it all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, a, there's a big difference to when you, you get up on a starting block to get into an athletic competition and you visualize that you're going to finish first. Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy to cop out. It's really easy to take the easy way out and say, well, I'm competing, okay, and you don't win then. And and I, I think, you know, winning the battle to stay happy here is is so, so important. And you talked a little bit about uh, being happy in the morning, but it's also about staying happy. So what are some of the secrets? What are some of the drills that you might have your the people you coach to get happy. Well, let me let me tell you what I do in the morning, and this is what I suggest that uh, my clients practice some as well. So when I get up in the morning, I I practice some kind of meditation to actually help me get in touch with really the essence of who I am, to get silent, um, and to 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 get focused. Um, I do some form of exercise. Now I don't do this because people say. Um, it's really good for you to do this. I do this because I truly love it. It is something that just gives me joy. So I do something in the morning that I just truly love that gives me joy. Um, so I'm focusing on who I am. I'm focusing on something that gives me, me joy. And then I visualize what I'm going to be doing that day and get myself feeling how I want to be feeling as I'm doing that because I'm going after things that are important to me. So for me, the, the critical things are meditation and getting silent, getting in touch with, with who I am in my essence. It's exercise, but it's for me, it's because I'm doing something that just brings me joy. And then it's uh, affirmations and visualizations that gets me in the right frame of mind to do the things that I need to do that day. Okay, you you said something I find fascinating uh, that you you try to feel how you're going to feel. Can right. you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, I actually I when when I do um, when I think about the day and I think about what I'm doing. I, I kind of get in the frame of mind of those basketball players actually, you know, practicing and practicing those foul shots. And they when they're practicing those foul shots, they actually see the, the ball go up and through the net. And then they feel how they're going to feel when they actually have that success. That's what I do. 
I visualize what I'm going to be doing, who I'm going to be talking to, how I'm going to feel when I'm doing that so that I get that in my body. So it, so it actually permeates me um, and, and it becomes something that goes beyond just mere thought. Okay, now, you also said earlier that you weren't always a happy person. Mm -mm. So what made you decide to be happy? What happened? Um, I, I, I learned that it was under my control. I thought that my circumstances were what controlled how I felt. And when I finally got that I was 100% responsible for the outcomes in my life and that I could generate these feelings of happiness myself regardless of what was going around me and realize that a heck of a lot of this was because of my habits, my thinking habits, my visualization habits, and that I had it under my control to change that, I changed it. That must wow. have taken a lot of work. Well, uh, it did. And I'm not going to tell you that it happened overnight. Um, there are additional studies that show that when you're dealing with neurological patterns like this, it takes a minimum of 30 days of solid practice to begin to see any, any change in that. I will tell you, for me, it was a lot longer than 30 days. But I will tell you that the difference in how I wake up and start my day today versus 10 years ago is like night and death. That's fantastic. Okay, so we actually have the power to change how we feel. That's Absolutely. what you're saying. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, however, it's not easy. Number one, you have to have the attitude. And I think attitude is everything in this case. I mean, there, there's always two sides to every every story. And I know some people want to be miserable just because they get attention being miserable. The problem is they only get that attention for a very short period of time before nobody wants to talk to them anymore. Okay. But the, but the whole idea is you start out with this attitude of I'm going to be happy. You have to tell yourself that you have the power to change. And then, uh, do you have, uh, you know, we, we talk about your drill. Uh, because I think it's so important. So you created this set of steps. Well, well, my drill is is three key parts. It is meditation, exercise, and again, the reason I do exercise is not so much for health reasons. It's because I just love it. It it brings me joy. So I do something to bring me joy. And then the third thing I do is my affirmations and visualization of me going through the day. Those are my drill steps. But I can point your listeners to a great resource on this. Hal Elrod, E-L-R-O-D, has written a book called The Miracle Morning. And he talks about five steps. Uh, to do essentially the same thing. And he's coined it in um, the acronym SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. S stands for silence, A stands for affirmations, B stands for visualizations, E stands for exercise, and he does it for health reasons, not so much for joy reasons. Um, R stands for reading, and S stands for scribing or writing down thoughts and, and ideas that you have. Um, 
So that's a great resource to get into a uh, morning routine. Again, Hal Elrod, The Miracle Morning. But I've adapted it for me because I'm, I need it to be a little more simple. I can't handle more than three steps. So the three critical ones for me are uh, meditation, exercise, and then the, the affirmation visualization of my day. Okay. Can you go over the savers thing sure. again? Just because mm-hmm. it went through my head really fast. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The acronym that he used, Hal Elrod again, in the book Miracle Morning, uh, is S-A-V-E-R-S. S stands for silence, another word for meditation, um, or another form of meditation. A stands for affirmations. B stands for visualization. E stands for exercise. R stands for reading. And S stands for scribing, another word for journaling. So those are his steps. Mm -hmm. I thought you said striving at first, so I and I was trying to figure out what that was. So scribing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, I think this is pretty cool because uh, I I think, you know, let's, I think most people would like to be happy. Don't you? Can I I ask, you know, um, we hear all the time, and I've heard it for most of my life, this glass half empty, glass half full thing. And, um, and I, I know a lot of people that I would consider as glass half empty. And I used to feel that there, that was a negative, that they were negative people. But then I heard somebody to say that, you know, when you call somebody a pessimist, it, it may not be, it's, it's just that they're coming at something from a different way than an optimist is, and they want to be prepared. So they're preparing for the worst. Whereas an optimist, some people might say are um, uh, a little bit, in fact, I was told that because I'm an optimist that that I was looking at the world through rose-colored glasses and that I was not realistic. And so, I mean, do you think that that this optimism and pessimism is an inborn trait, or is it, you know, because I don't recall that I set out to be an optimist. I, it's just always the way I was. I don't know for sure, Casey, but. And I do believe that there is a tendency that we all have. I believe I came into this world with a pessimistic tendency. Okay. But I also believe it's changeable. And the more I have learned about thinking and brain patterns, the more I have realized that a tremendous amount of this is habitual thought patterns, which we have the power to change. Well, that's encouraging. And one of the things that I have learned and and I see over and over again, I actually do demonstrations of this in my workshops, is the more you think certain ways, the more you screen out and develop mental filters to only see certain things. So if you're thinking about, always thinking about the negative things that could happen in the vein of being prepared, Mm -hmm. you're more likely to see them. And right. less likely to see some of the more optimistic and positive opportunities that you would miss. 
So I think it is really important to be aware of how much of this is really under our control. Okay. Um, regardless of the predisposition that we came into the world with or the early thinking patterns that we developed. Huh. So, so this is a self-fulfilling prophecy to a large extent, is what you're to saying. To some extent, it is. Mm-hmm. So happiness begets happiness, and miserableness begets miserableness, and maybe those are the wrong extremes. Because, well, I mean, but there is but that I, ex- that expression: "Misery loves company." <laughs> I, I know, though, uh, for a fact that for me personally, I want to hang out with people that are happy. I can put up with people that have problems for a while, and we all certainly have them. We have things in life that go wrong. And uh, like you said, Casey, you put up with it for a day or two, and then you decide what you're going to do and move on, okay? Uh, But I can't – I I find when I meet people and they're always miserable, I pretty much divorce myself from that pretty much, and I do it pretty quickly. So, uh, Sarah, I think your power of choice, this is what I got out of this, that we have a power of choice, okay, and we can choose to be happy, and we have this multi-step process, whether you want to use the savers or whether you want to use the visual meditation exercise kind of a thing. I'm, I'm trying to put together an acronym for that, and I can't do it. So, savers guy had an edge here, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and if you come up with an acronym, I'd love it. <laughs> all, right, all right we'll we'll spend the next 17 days working on that and see go. what we can come up with right uh, give us a website where people can reach you uh, both for the book of you and for your coaching expertise and we're going to post this with a podcast note so it'll be hard hard written for everybody okay sure. but tell us what it is you can find me at bookofyou.com. That's B-O-O-K-O-F-Y-O-U.com. That's, let's, okay. let's stick with that. Okay. Okay. And, and we have savers and mm-hmm. we have visualization, meditation, and uh, the third one was, uh, see, I've lost it already. Well, it was I, well, I exercise, need my 30 days. Ex- exercise or what brings you joy. With joy, right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so thank you for being with us today. And we're going to take a break. And uh, Casey, when we come back, I want to talk for a minute about luck. Okay. You're listening to Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. We will be right back with more exciting information. Okay, luckiest guy in the world, you you throw that term around constantly. What exactly do you mean when you say luck or lucky? Well, I think that uh, luck maybe has nothing to do with being lucky. Okay, how's that for getting everybody confused? But you know, we we see definitions where we think of people that are lucky as those people who are going out and they win a million dollars in the lottery. And I've seen stories about how those people who become who become winners of the lottery become some of the most miserable people in the world because everybody wants their money. I I think I think luck is a state of being. I I think it's how you feel. And I, I know some of it is really luck, 
Uh, I know I was lucky from the standpoint of uh, I was born to parents in the United States who cared. Okay, and it gave me a tremendous edge, and I had nothing to do with that. I didn't make that luck. But I think the luckiest people in the world make their own luck. And I think as we go forward, we want to talk more about this. It's it's kind of like an adjunct to happiness. Uh, and Sarah, thank thanks so much for your insights in here. I mean, I I think we've quantified this, and I think we've given our listeners some rules that they can they can change. How's that? <laughs> but I, but they're not going to want to change these. I, I think they're going to want to adapt them and use them to be happy. Uh, so, what are your insights into luck? And then it's almost time to sign off, unfortunately. Well, I think that your frame of mind is whether or not you recognize opportunities and those opportunities are luck but but you're not going to be able to recognize luck or see opportunities in a situation if you're per, if you're filtering it out right i i once heard somebody say that their definition of luck was preparation and opportunity and when preparation and opportunity met so a lot of times it's a matter of preparing yourself and it you might not even be preparing yourself for a specific event but even people who win the lottery if they don't go out and win and buy that ticket and that's the preparation then they're not going to win the lottery so it's preparation meeting opportunity okay so hold those thoughts and hold the thoughts about happiness because we're going to come back and discuss this a lot more. I, I think happiness is so much an important part of being one of the luckiest people in the world. And and by the way, uh, I think I think we're going to uh, give t Sarah Brown here the title of the one of the luckiest people in the world. I think she already had it and she already yeah. knew this. But but welcome to the group because every time I've met you, you inspire me. You know, you you give me thoughts about how to be better at what I do, how to understand me better, how to be happier and uh I'm extremely happy I met you. How's that? Well, thank you. I'm okay. I'm really pleased to have met both of you. Oh. Okay. So we'll be back in two weeks, KC. Yes. And we're going to continue talking about happiness, I understand. Well, yeah. And, and just kind of as a preview, we have a gentleman on one of our future shows who's a professional clown. <laughs> and he's going to talk a little bit about how he can control happiness by the way he outfits himself. All right. Don't give it away. <laughs> so keep that thought in mind, and we'll see you guys in another week, uh, two, weeks, two weeks, right? And yes. Sarah, thanks again for being with us. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a podcast designed to help you live your life the way you want and give you what you need to make it happen. Join us in two weeks for our next exciting topic on Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world.